This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs. We cover many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. We feature the podcast shows such as Sports Bring People Together, Limitless, Saviors of the Metaverse, and The Athletic Mindset. Learn more at castsource.com slash podcast. And without further ado, let's get into the Buffalonian Podcast. Buffalo Bills, very own Matthew Milano gets a contract extension. And the Sabres, to put it lightly, their season is completely and utterly over. Along with Would You Rather, Hot Cakes, Trivia, and more, this is the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. are back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Loss, who's winking his eyebrows up there, and Mike Marino. Fellas, not a lot of stuff going on. I mean, two Sabres games, as we pointed out before we started, and, you know, since the last pot, at least. And uh, just some, we got one extension on the Bills, and that's of our very own big boy, Matt Milano. Uh, big guy, folding chair, sacks are his thing. You know, so what what are some thoughts on that to, to kick off here? Get them juices flowing. Um, well, I think it means the end of my buddy Tremaine. Uh yeah. sadly enough. Because someone queue up the arms of the angels for Tremaine. We'll and, do that uh, next well, I mean the, the move clears six million dollars in cash space as it's currently presented. So they're still over by a little bit, but uh mm-hmm. it gave them, you know, some relief. Obviously, Matt was going to his last year in his contract. Um, kind of feels like it would be kind of brutal to lose your two cornerstone linebackers and potentially back-to-back off seasons. Yeah. Um, so, uh, two-year extension, $14 million per, so $28 million total. Um, obviously, they backloaded it. I think he had, if I'm not mistaken, two like void years, which means like two years that he's not technically under contract, but he has a cap hit. Um, so technically they just push those two years back. So I, I think that's why I would assume that Tremaine is most likely gone is because I don't think Milano's extension plus Tremaine's long-term potential contract fits because they backloaded Milano's contract to make cap space now. And if they were going right. to sign Tremaine, they were going to have to backload his contract. So it kind of doesn't make sense for them to backload two linebackers' contracts, if that makes sense. So. That's why I, I had the, the chances of him returning are very slim, especially if all the reports out there of like how he's going to get like the bag and stuff. Bills don't have the bag to give him. So <laughs> maybe we could give a bag to AJ Klein, keep him around, you know, the best linebacker in the NFL right there. But oh, yeah. Mike, what are your thoughts? <laughs> oh, I remember I was at work and I got a notification that said the Bills signed a linebacker to an extension. I'm like, oh man, they signed Tremaine and they opened it and it was Milano. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's still good, but. I know I, I kind of had my my uh, hopes high when I saw the notification. Bill's uh, social media team, you need to uh, not uh, tease people so much with that notification. 
But that might have been the point, I feel like. I feel like that wasn't the that sign star linebacker to extension and didn't say the name. So then I had to open it up and then it said Milano. But um, either way, I'm happy. Um, catch space now. I think Dom's right with Tremaine's gone. But I think the positive is that the linebackers of free agency this year are very deep. So there's definitely someone who you can – pick up and I think that they can fit and be a starting caliber uh, linebacker. I know Tremaine had a really good year last year, but like, and it's stuck. It sucks that he's only 25. Yeah. You know, that's also brutal because, you know, he was 20 coming out. So realistically we thought like, Oh man, you can have this guy for a decade plus and you know, he'll be effective all those years, but it's, it's tough to see a player like that go same, you know, same with Poyer. Like he's been good, but a little bit different because Edmonds is so young, but like, I guess I'm not super worried because there's a lot of free agents that I feel like can come in and be just as serviceable. Yeah. The linebacker free agent market is somewhat stacked. You could say there's, there's quite a few on there. So I don't think it's, I mean, some definitely Tremaine leaving. Some would call that a damn shame. And I would, I would call that one with them, you know, but it's, I think it's not do or die at this point. Like we could get another linebacker. And um, I think it's just freeing up cap space right now to get another linebacker <clears throat> is the thing. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's all about what do the Bills want their long term future to be at the linebacker position? Um, do they want to like draft Jack Campbell at the end of the first round, who's kind of Tremaine ish with his traits of being six five, two forty? Pretty athletic, as athletic as Tremaine, obviously older than than Tremaine was coming out, but he's he's also a stud linebacker. So, do they want to do like a full reset, or do they want to do like as Mike suggested, um, dive into like the veteran linebacker pool? Uh, and but at that point, it's like, are you signing like Bobby Wagner or Levante David, who are already in like their thirties? Are you trying to find Jermaine Pratt, the linebacker from Cincinnati, Bobby O'Reilly, a little bit younger, like? It kind of matters what they want to do because it's it feels like like Milano's extension goes to its age thirty season, I believe, or thirty one. And we all know the one negative about Milano than him missing tackle, like a bunch of just clean tackles, is that he yeah. can't so you have to wonder like he's probably not gonna age very well. So you have to think this might be his last contract with the Bills. And at that point, like three years from now, like are we are we just having like two blank positions because you signed a vet who's now in the same boat with Milano or do you have someone there already that can kind of, you know, it's now going like year four. So I, I think, I think that's where it becomes an interesting discussion where are they going to do like a half reset now? So they don't have to do a full reset in three years. Or are they just going to full send it now? Yeah, I, that is tough. Cause you're absolutely right. You don't want, if you could avoid doing a full on reset, like that would be nice to have at least half the position somewhat decent. Um, but then again, I think it's just money right now that that's, that's the thing, which honestly doing the half reset would help with a young person. You don't have to pay them quite as much, you know, coming out of college and whatnot. So, I mean, they it, could um, like, sorry to cut you off, but no, you're good. They could, I know they brought in, um, Oh, I'm blanking on his name, but he was good at like developing defense, Holcomb. 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 Yes. Good I mean, they brought Al. him in. Yeah. I mean, he's 
probably not going to be the defensive coordinator, but he's like the senior assistant, whatever. So like, do you trust him and McDermott that maybe you draft a linebacker like mid round that has maybe high potential and then you bring in like Levante David or Bobby Wagner to kind of, you know, sit in the position for a year, year or two, and then have this young kid then come up and try that. Like, do you trust that your coaches can develop? Because I know our player, our, our coaches haven't done necessarily the best job at tapping the potential of our players. Like, I think yeah. Ed Oliver's kind of one that he sh- we expected a lot out of. And he wants like, that money. Yeah, well, he shouldn't get it. But um, <laughs> I guess just, like, do you trust that? Or do you, like, should we use that high pick on, like, an offensive lineman or a wide receiver or something compared to – like another defensive player in the first round. Like, I guess it's just something like, do they trust their coaches and being able to do that? Yeah. I think that's where like, even if they sign like a veteran linebacker, like they could still have Campbell and Ron run, even if they sign like a Levante David, just so they don't have the full reset. I mean, while the player development has been like criticized, they have developed linebackers pretty well. Um, so, I mean, again, then it also comes down to, like, the, the swing piece of, like, Terrell Bernard. Like, what is his future? Is he just, a, like, a, did you just waste a top 100 pick on a course, like, a special teamer? I, I, I don't know. Like, are they going to move Matt Milano to the middle linebacker position and have Bernard come in? Like, I don't I – think I think it's interesting that they could go a lot of different routes. But you already have one all-pro linebacker in one position. I feel like making him switch positions might, like, decreases the fact when I think you could just find a replacement. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned maybe drafting in the first, like first round. A lot of people are calling for offense in the draft. Would you be okay if they drafted a linebacker? Like, would you be content with that? If that, if that were to happen? Cause a lot of people are saying, let's get a wide receiver. Let's get a lineman, you know, like something like that. I think it wouldn't matter what they did in free agency. Like if they filled most of the, also, I mean, it might as well the board falls of course too, but like, if if they f- get enough offense and free agency or, like, do trades or whatever, like, I think, you know, we talked about it, like, two weeks ago, but who would be okay if I – I think linebacker if, – if free agency happened a certain way where there was an obvious need for linebacker or a young linebacker and the board fell where Jack Campbell becomes your best player available and they – and they took him. I, I, I wouldn't be. I would be slightly annoyed just because, like, it's like, yeah, whatever. We kind of been through this road before. But at the same time, like, you can't deny that he's a very good linebacker and linebacker, middle linebacker. I mean, we saw it. Tremaine had so much to do in that system. That system was kind of built around the Mike linebacker. So you do need like an, an impact player there. If you don't, the, the defense is gonna have to adjust, or they're just gonna have to suffer. We saw that, you know this year a lot when Tremaine was off the field. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's basically the quarterback of the defense. So you want someone who is able to lead the guys and like knows what they're doing. Like I know sometimes you throw a rookie out there and give him all that responsibility. It can be an adjustment. Like it's very rare when you see a rookie step in and make an instant impact. That's like superstar level. Like you can't just because they're first round picked, like, you can't expect that. Like I know NFL draft is like different from other sport, like hockey own powers, the first pick and didn't play his first year. And you know, that was fine. Like football, I know you can have like a seventh round pick or an undrafted guy being a starter, but like 
still like their player development is, you know, important. And, you know, look at teams that just throw in rookies because they're high picks and then they struggle. But like, I think like you were saying, their track record for developing linebackers has actually been good. So, you know, if they want to draft someone high, I'm completely fine with that because it is a position of need and I'm sure, you know, it's a late first round. So not necessarily like reaching for someone, you know, like you said how the board falls. So like, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Like, you know, we've been linked to Ben powers as a guard, you know, Isaac Soimalu is out there. You know, if hypothetically you bring both of them in, do you really need to draft a guard in the first round this year? Probably not. So like, you know, it's just, it really does depend on how free agency goes and, you know, either way, I'm comfortable with what they do. I trust Bean. Yeah. No, and I, I mean, I'm right there with you guys on that. But we're talking about money and issues along with that. But we've had some money moves that could possibly be made and that have been made. Uh, our boy all-star Tim Settle right here uh, been slashed, pay cut, um, which is very good because that frees up a little bit of money and he didn't play like he deserved all that money last year. I'm going to be frankly honest. I mean, just not what, what we expected to see out of him. I feel like in that nature, you know, and then it's assumed that Josh Allen and Von Miller are going to be taking contract reconstructions to be able to further, you know, enhance the cap and whatnot. So I saw one thing, it was like free up 32 million and then be like 16 and a half under, under the cap ceiling so i i'd be okay with that I, what, do you, what are you guys thinking there's probably other reconstructions they could do as well and they have some who do you think that. they would do like what's another top priority one you think you think digs or you think no, he would walk? i don't think they i think they could do digs i'm not sure because they trey they could oh do that's trey. another one trey and d and i think are the two optimal ones they already did it with digs so i don't know if they want to do a second time uh, and Milano was obviously one that was kind of on the fence because he already did it once with the void year. So then the extension kind of uh, did that. And also you have potential cuts. I mean, they had to be cap compliant under the cap by, I think, I don't know if it's noon or 3 p.m. on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with the tampering period beginning, I think, I think tampering period begins today. If I'm today, I'm, yeah, yeah. Um, so we're obviously we're going to see some. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing some contracts be agreed to. Obviously, they could be. We've seen before, like JD, JD McKissick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say Frank Gore, but then another running back. Um, yeah, I I would say those would be the moves. Obviously, Tim. I I, I do think if he, it's interesting that he only took a six hundred thousand dollar pay cut. Um, because if they would have cut him, I think they would have saved like a little over two. So they mm-hmm. didn't really get that much cap saving. I think from even the you know you saw the cover one. Capoos or whatever it's called, like even they thought that the pay cut would be around two. So I think that being six hundred thousand shows that they at least valued Tim Settle to bounce back in year two. Mm-hmm. And I think it also shows that I think we're going to see some. I don't know if moves is the right word in the defensive tackle room, but like they obviously want some stability because Phillips is a free agent. You really don't know what's going on at Oliver and Daquan Jones is a free agent after this year. I mean, hopefully they, ex- uh, oh, that's another move. They could extend Daquan Jones and lower his cap it. But so I, I guess they want some stability in the defensive tackle room. I guess that's why they got them, but he, he underwhelmed last year. There's no doubt about it. Does yeah. Ed Oliver command Deron Payne money? He, he'll try. Is that what he, he wants? Yeah. The bag. He's, he already <laughs> put on his story and deleted. 
Bring me the money or I don't want to talk. What is it? What is it? Chris Jones, Jeffrey Simmons. I'm, oh, Quinion Williams. All three of those guys are going to try and get that kind of money. And Oh, I thought, okay, never mind. Never mind. Just ignore what I just said. Because that's four years, 90 mil. That's $22.5 million. He he shouldn't even get half that, to be honest. Oh, I don't know. 11, I think, I, uh, yeah, 11 mid. I think, I think like, Daquan Jones played the best out of. I think it's always interesting year. about Oliver because he has spurts. And then also, like, if you actually look at his career numbers, like, his pressure rate, I think, is like 9.1% or something like mm-hmm. that. And, like, it honestly adds up to, like, being a pretty solid defensive tackle. But, like, there's just another level for him to get to that he hasn't. So mm-hmm. I guess it's like, is it worth the Bills? to have his $10.7 million that they could easily get move and he's a free agent or do they just recoup the asset now and say, we don't know if we could do it here. I don't know. It's an interesting, dis- I mean, we've had plenty of discussion about it, but mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it's just interesting how this is all going to pan out. You can't really tell right now, you know, like with, especially with, these guys demanding money and whatnot like that. Like it's, I don't think they'll get it from the bills. I don't, I don't know. Like it's with the, like with the trade market too. Like, yeah, it's always, it's always weird though. Like some trade, some people go for more than you think. And some people don't like, I mean, we're going to talk about right now, but like Jalen Ramsey goes for a third round pick in the backup tight end. Yeah. And Andrew Hopkins has been out there for literally dangling for like two months for like a second round pick and no one's biting. And he'll probably go for like a third, late third or a fourth. I, I guarantee it or something like that. Like, I don't know. Trade market's always kind of weird, but those are like vet. Those are like the, that's like the vet market, I guess. But even Jalen Ramsey's only twenty eight, so I don't know. That was yeah. a dumb trade. That trade well, made me sad. The Jalen Ramsey one? Jones. Mm-hmm. Well, Jalen Ramsey likes to get cooked by the Bills, so now we get to do it twice a year. So I'm okay with that. Um, I don't know that. I don't. Ever since he called Josh Allen trash and just got embarrassed about it for like the past three years, like whenever we played him, I just have I have very little respect because he won't he won't admit it. He he won't, and it's just like, you know, Diggs killed him in that Rams game earlier this year, like absolutely yeah. murdered him. And then I, I don't know it. I I don't see him as like the most enticing cornerback in the NFL, like everyone else does. You know, I mean. He's he's good. I don't think he's what he once was before. Right. But exactly. you know, he's still definitely a starting caliber corner who you need to like pay attention to. He could definitely you know, with Miami now they have Ramsey and Howard, so you know, those are two pretty yeah. solid starting corners right there. But like do you think they're gonna hype up the AFC East this year the way they hyped up the AFC West last year if Rodgers goes to the Jets? That's yeah. like the craziest division ever, and then like I'm sorry, but like Mac New England, Jones they're the definitely. Do you see the rumor that like Mac Jones, like the Raiders, wanted to trade for him? Yeah, Josh McDaniels right. wanted his Josh buddy back. I don't know. I feel like the Pats could be. I I feel like the the Pats could be like a sneaky like again, just gonna kind of be like that team that's like eight and eight, like a five hundred. Yeah, like a five hundred team. They that's have like, an o- offensive coordinator now. Better. Like they're Bill Bryan. Yeah, but <laughs> I listen. Listen, this is this is gonna be a TikTok clip right here. Okay. There's oh, no. three reasons why this bill should really not be like I'm just like not concerned, but like the, the reason why this is what happened to the AFC West last year. One is the Bills have the best quarterback, regardless of Aaron Rodgers gets traded, and the quarterback with the least amount of questions about him. Like Tua, can he stay healthy? And least concussions. 
Tua, can he stay healthy the whole 17 games? Aaron Rodgers, can he bounce back from his, you know, MVP, post-MVP slump? And the Jets, I'm not the Jets, sorry, the Patriots, you know, we don't even know what's going on with the, that team. McCorkle? Yeah, McCorkle. What's McCorkle doing? the best quarterback head coach relationship because everywhere we go, the Dolphins seem like they want to get rid of Tua. I know they just picked up his fifth-year option. Obviously, he just said about McCorkle. And then are we sure Robert Sala is going to be able to control Aaron Rodgers? I don't know about that. And third, most important, the Bills won this division by four games last year with their banged-up star quarterback the second half of the year and the team with all that adversity and not even really playing that well. They still won the division by four games. Actually, four and a half games, if you're going to be really honest about it. So, I mean, yeah, do I think the Bills are going to get a little worse this offseason because of the talent they're losing and it's kind of it's impossible for them to, like, you know, get back to that level? Sure. Are teams going to be getting better? Yes, because Aaron Rodgers makes the Jets a solid team because they actually have a legit quarterback, and the Dolphins have a two-year window with Tua where they're going to just – spend the moon on anything, everything else to try and get at that best roster as possible around them. So, yeah, those teams going to get better and probably going to raise their ceiling. Yeah, but I, th- I still think the Bills' floor is, you know, adequate enough where they could still win the division. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. I feel like it could go – in it's going to go in the Bills' direction. I mean, I, I, I'm going to knock on wood and say that because, you know, we know how – Miami runs their their defense. It's in, and now I feel like the offense. I I with Tyreek Hill down deep. It's just like a twelve year old playing Madden. You know what I mean? That's kind of what we're playing against here. So it's just interesting though because their coach is a very good coach. And like I said, people are aggravated with him because he's not on their team. If we had a snarky coach like that on our team, we'd be loving every minute of it. So I do not, I do not blame any Dolphins fans for like. Like and him making comments like I wish it were colder. Like he's just trying to rally the the troops, you know. So, is it funny to talk about retrospect because they got embarrassed in the snow? Absolutely, but I, I don't think it's anything, you know, we wouldn't like if it if he was on our team. But I don't know. What what are your thoughts, Mike, on the the whole Miami Dolphins? Um, I mean, I think the division is definitely gonna be more difficult this year. Um, I think. Miami, exactly what um, Dom said to the fact that they're trying to win now before they mm-hmm. pay a quarterback. Um, I think, I think we're still. I would say we're still the top. Um, I think it's a lot closer now. I'm more like worried about the Dolphins than I am the Jets, but I think it's going to be really close division this year. Like I don't think we're going to win it by like four games. Um, I think really you think it's coming down to week 17, week mm, 18. Not necessarily. I think it'd be closer to like maybe a game or two ahead. Like I could legit see both the Jets and Dolphins in the playoffs next year. I could see three of our teams. Honestly, I could see the Patriots in the playoffs too, just because they're the Patriots. But like, you know, the way they talked about the AFC West last year, that is going to be the best division ever. Like I could realistically see the AFC East being like that this upcoming season. Like, because, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, he's not the same as he was before, but, you know, he's still a very good quarterback. And then the Jets have a really good defense. It's really young, too. And, you know, they have Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall on rookie deals. So, like, their window is now. Then we talked about Miami, how they're just spending everywhere before they had to pay Tua. And, like, right. 
I don't know. Like, it's just – it'll be interesting to see. I think the Bills will be fine in division play. They'll probably – I'll predict now they'll go 4-2 and two against the division. Like last, um, like this past season. Yeah, I think they drop a game in Miami again, and then I think they lose to the Jets one of the games. But, like, I'm not concerned that we're going to, like, lose the division or anything. Mm-hmm. I think it matters if the Bills could improve their offensive line or not. If they could do that, I think they're going to be okay. Because really, mm-hmm. that's that's where the Dolphins and the Jets really got, you know, the Bills in trouble in their in their matchups is they the Dolphins were able to get you know, sack Josh a bunch, get yeah, a couple bad. Josh. Same thing with the Jets. That's why that's the big reason why they won that game was so you know defensive and Orchard Park. So I I think that's if. if the Bills can show me that they made moves and then in the first month show that they actually improved the offensive line. I think they're going to be okay. If not, they're going to be in trouble. Yeah. Um, I do to say, like, as Mike was talking, I was just thinking, like, so many parallels to the AFC West. Like, Denver and the Jets are kind of like a perfect parallel of, like, an up-and-coming defense of up-and-coming weapons, and they add the veteran quarterback, Russell Wilson, now potentially Aaron Rodgers. The Chargers are the team that missed the playoffs by losing in the last week. The Patriots. Mm-hmm. Here's the team that made the playoffs by winning the last week. The Dolphins. Obviously, I think the Dolphins are significantly better than the Raiders ever were. But yeah, it it's kind of, for comparison's sake. And the Chargers are better than the Patriots, but like it is kind of funny how similar. Like, yeah, it'll be really fun to watch divisional play. I think either way, just if you're a football fan. Like if you're not from here and you're just picking it up on a Sunday evening or a Sunday afternoon in your four o'clock window, or one o'clock window, like most games, prime time games you know. this year. Yeah, so I, I think it'll be really interesting to watch. But at the end of the day, I, I think it comes down to who you have at the helm of your team. And yes, Aaron Rodgers is a what overall four time MVP? Is he not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, recently two years in a row. MVP and I think I he likes Josh Allen too which is the cool part about it I think he might want to play against him so I think that's another draw as well even after getting you know trashed on prime time with Green Bay this year but I I think it'll just be good football in the AFC East and competitive football very quickly before we move on to Bijan I just gotta say I think this Rams move totally clinches of the Dolphins and Chiefs are gonna be the first game of the season yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's already so many storylines of Tyreek going back after they won, and now adding Ramsey, who's a noted like people know who he is. He's a primetime star. Yeah. Sorry, Mike saying the word primetime really got me like on a on a spin there. No, it, you're you're right though because they brought Vaughn right back as soon as they won a Super Bowl. You know what I mean when they knew where the game was. So it was just yeah, makes sense. The NFL is all about storylines. We know that the script hasn't been made yet, but we're hoping it has a little in there it. for Buffalo. They currently have all the writers writing it right now, <laughs> doing some revisions. But yeah, they're currently on week four. Last time I heard. Yeah, mm, yeah, they got to nice, the draft nice. though. And speaking of the draft, uh, apparently it was scripted that the Bills should take Bijan Robinson out to dinner. I think they should crumple this page up and throw it away. Uh, personally, I don't. I don't think this should be a. This should be a scene. I think we. We exit out of scene 3B and just skipped for a black screen and a title card for a minute. I, I truthfully, I don't get it. I really don't. I, I guess I do, but I don't. Because it's just like we have 
Cook and Hines, right? And Singletary's mm-hmm. a free agent. I understand. And Bijan's a great running back. There's no question about it. How about we utilize the two pass catching running backs that we've obtained in the past couple seasons instead of just throwing a third one in there to barely be touched when we could just draft, you know, a wide receiver or someone else who would be more of a need player, in my opinion, than another running back. So I don't know. What what are your guys' thoughts about Bijan? And do you, do we know where he went to dinner? Was there any classy establishment or was it like the anchor bar? I don't know. I have no idea where he went. Rex Ryan was at the anchor bar. If if do you remember that? Rex. Couple, I remember like in 2015 ago. when they had like Rex Ryan, Charles Clay, Matt Castle, like they all went out to dinner. And like it was like really weird because they remember weird. the gun tire commercials. Yeah. Him and yeah. his brother on the tandem bicycle. Peak, oh my god. Peak Rex Ryan era. Rex peak and Rob Rex Ryan, Ryan on the era when he bicycle. tanked the team with the with his brother being hired. signing IK and Polly because he punched Geno Smith. Look who's laughing now, IK. Gino's making 100 mil over three years. Want to see the peak? Anyway. Rex Ryan. What? What's that? Calvin Benjamin. Okay. Right towards towards the end. Found that. I thought it was Gabe Davis. And I'm like, no, that is Calvin T-Rex Arm Benjamin who wouldn't catch anything. But continue. Who then converted to tight end. Anyway. (laughs) um, um, Okay. With Robinson, I mean, like, I think first round – you should always draft best player available. And if you have someone targeted that you think can be um, later in the draft, then trade back. Cause I think reaching in the first round really just isn't the right move strategically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if Robinson's the best player available and the bills feel like they can trade back and get some more picks and their guy is still there, then they should do that. But like, I guess I don't see why you'd invest a first round pick and running back when, the running game is not a focal point and your focal runner has been your quarterback. And, you know, there's links that the bills are interested in like a Jamal Williams or something. So like if you were, cause I think it's, it's pretty certain Singletary's gone. The motor era is over. No more screaming motor in. Oh, um, come on. That's so sad. That's so no sad. No more motor in, but motor like, in. You know, if you want to move forward, James Cook is your featured back, and then Hines is like the number two. Like, say you sign Jamal Williams, like, why would you draft Robinson? You're not going to use four running backs. Or, like, hypothetically, if we get Derrick Henry, you know, like, there's no need to draft Bijan Robinson because, like, what would your, like, what Hines would get cut, or would you use Hines just as like a returner, a special team? Yeah. I mean, you know? so, like, yeah, you're right. I don't know. I, mean, I think it really just depends on who their BPA is at that point. I think it just matters what they do. Well, I mean, it matters what they do with Hines because I think he's got to take a pay cut or he's going to get cut. Um, Hines should, you should just cut McKenzie and throw Hines in the gadget roll. We'll get 10 well, times more production out of it. Hines getting paid like the 13th highest running back or whatever. He's got to take a pay cut. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, wouldn't be, I just think they're going to add like a veteran. I think Jamal Williams might be a little bit out of their price range because the dude just did have like 17 rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the like. King. But, like, I don't think the King either. I just think that's too rich for them. But you think? I, I just think they're going to add a veteran power back. They have a three-headed monster. I just I think by the by the draft, by the time the draft happens, the B. John Robinson rumors will be crushed because they would have addressed the third running – not even third running back, like the second running back position uh, in free agency. And, like, with all, the whole Bijan thing, like, yeah, he's probably a top-10 talent overall in the draft. But it just doesn't make sense for the Bills really to be drafting a running back. He's – if he's the best player available on the draft, 
like at the time as Mike said trade down because I think someone even if they're not even even if they're not even trading up to take Bijan, someone will value having the fifth year option. Mm-hmm. You know what I heard? What? That Minnesota might be shopping Delvin Cook. Do the Bills unite the Cook brothers? No. Oh, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. I I I don't. Delvin Cook is Delvin Cook is is PHP. Past is prime. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And I no, I, I, I would like that. to stay away from an older running back if possible. You know what I mean? Like Eric Hunter's twenty nine. But he's a tank 29, you know, like he's not just 29. Who's just like that guy? That season. guy, that guy's built like a linebacker. We could throw him on defense if I mean, we wanted to. I, I, think, I think the Bills are going to take it. Naheen Hines a pay cut. And with that money and maybe a little extra money, find them another running back. They're yeah. not going to invest a significant asset in the running back position. I mean, we've seen nothing. late, we've seen late round running backs and even undrafted running backs make impacts. So, like, that's true. They yeah. always just draft on like the sixth round, actually, to be honest. That probably be yeah. Yeah. They're actually going to trade Hines and Cook away to Green Bay for just Aaron Jones. That's all that's going to happen. Do you yeah, guys remember guy. Carlos Williams? <laughs> yes, I do yeah, remember Carlos, Carlos Williams. Dude, he was good. And then he was <laughs> overweight. And then they cut him. But like, uh, Listen, we get like shady off the, the couch and bring him back. Hey, Michael Tolbert. To, to turn us. Michael Tolbert's a fullback. To make this all turn, you know, be connected, you know, Mike Gillisley, great Bills legend, ended up being a comp pick for the Bills that ended up being Matt Mono. So I think, think New England. Yeah. Why don't we take poach one of their running backs? No, I'm good. You don't want, you don't want, what's his name? Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre or Damian Stevenson. Harris. Ramondre, come on. Ramondre is a good running back. I mean, that would be. Yeah, cool. but I mean, I don't know. We can, I'd rather, I don't know. Would you rather have Marshawn Lynch off the couch right now over Ramondre? No. no. He played a couple of years ago. I mean, he's, he's not spry, not. but I think we can get him back. But he's old as dirt. Got a point. He had his yep. time in Buffalo. He didn't want to be here. Another another member of the PHP club for the running back position. Yeah. Didn't think of Adrian Peterson is about to announce his retirement. Like, Nice. Dude, I, I can't believe – I just speaking of running backs, Frank Gore – was in a boxing match months ago, and I didn't even realize it, it. was Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember when Le'Veon Bell set out mm. because he was the best running mm. back in football, guess, and then he got less money happened. to go to a worse team and ended his career. What just happened? Nine times, reworks deal. Nice. Look at you. Manifested it. Manifested it. Put this in the. I mean, oh yeah, out. it's going. He in manifested the top. it. No, this is why people watch us. We're just so dead accurate that things happen, like, as we say them. Cleveland restructured Deshaun's deal. Good. What did they restructure? $36 in cap space. Oh, man. I feel so bad for Deshaun. Losing money. Oh, my God. Nice. No, I, I, I think it'll be very, very fun this season because I like... Kind of what we're doing already. These offseason moves of kind of making the money appear is kind of nice. I mean, what I, I know if, we haven't seen a lot, but it's working. So I'm what okay if with they it. just gave a contract that was an entire bonus? No cap hit, just bonus. Who, who would you want them to give that to? I mean, they would have, they would have to eventually <laughs> pay that out on a cap hit. <laughs> Can you imagine if that's possible? What a loophole that would be. It probably yeah. is. You, you just, you sign like, 
like Lamar would get like a fifty million dollar bonus signing bonus. But he has no cap hit. Can you That's uh, it? that is that'd be crazy. That would, that would be interesting. I think Brandon Bean should be. Brandon Bean, if you're listening, try that. See what the NFL says, and then if they if they just let that go, let it go. You know, I don't think it's possible. Imagine if it was though, just the tomfoolery that would occur with the. Let's in, just in turn the, off the salary cap. Yeah. It's, do this like a Madden franchise. I don't think that'd be very good for small market teams like the Bills. What'd you no, say? we're just turning off the salary cap. Everyone else has to keep it on. <laughs> Only the Bills turn it off. Only the Bills turn it off. Terry, start spending. Yeah, he's Mister Moneybags. He could he could give us some cap space. Come on, just funnel some money into it. Just just raise it up a little bit. You know, give us some give us some cushion. But I don't know. Is there anything else you guys want to chat about with the Bills? Any other breaking news, Dom? No. No? Well, then that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to do it for our Bills topic on this episode of the Buffalonian Podcast. But before we move into the oh-so-amazing Not Sabres, I would just like to bring up the Sports Bring People Together podcast. You should listen for entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports, and who knows where the chats will take you, but sports got us all here together in the first place. Find the show wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or simply visit sportseplus.com. And now we're moving on to our Buffalo Sabres topic for the day. And fellas, you know, someone play some blues, I don't know, something. It's going to, the, the sun will come out tomorrow because maybe next season's tomorrow. It's over. It's over. We're down in the dumps. All the credits, it's over. No one knows that song, probably. No, I can't say I do. But it's, it's, I, I, I'm trying to hold back just saying, I'm going to, I'm going to straight out, I'm going to let it rip right now. All right. Really, like, I'm just letting you know. All right. Like, I'm, I'm trying to hold back, but there's no other way to put this season after these past couple games. Absolutely fucked. Like, there's no, there's no other way to put it. It's just that's that's the way it is right now. Uh, people are getting injured. They're they're failing. They allowed ten goals in a game. I mean, we'll talk about that. That's the first time since freaking 2005 that's happened, and it's just like absolutely insane. What are your general thoughts? Yeah, I mean, they had a pretty good season when they did that, though. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I mean, they did go. To the, honestly, that team should have won a Stanley Cup, but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, I guess overall it's kind of sad to see like we had so much hype the past like month that this team actually has a legit shot of making the playoffs and it's kind of like falling apart in front of us. Like obviously like, you know, this time of year, March, April, like the games are going to just mean so much. Like every point matters and the Sabres right now, you know, it's just they're not, you know, all season their main thing was scoring goals. And it's been proven that when they don't score, they don't win. Like, well, okay, obviously, if you don't score, you don't win. But like, if they score like yeah, two goals, you. if you score like, yeah, like they're not winning like low scoring games, is what I'm saying. So, yeah. like, um, I lost my point. No, I would agree. I think they've built this season on being a high octane offense. And listen, when you know the, the oh. calendar switches to March and you're closing in on your last 20, 25 games, and especially 
you know, when the Sabres do eventually make the playoffs, the game's going to tighten up. Like, people are going to know what you like to do, and they're going to start to be able to game plan around your specific things. I mean, we see it all the time in sports, but especially in, in hockey, we, we saw it on the power play, how they how they started in the shade, Tage Thompson side, they're avoiding uh, really getting him those one-tee opportunities. Like, teams are going to make you do things you don't want to do, and the Sabres just don't have – like, they have a very good fastball, but – they don't have a good off-speed pitch. Like, they don't have a change-up or something to throw out there that can, you know, swing a game for them. They don't have that really ability. I mean, they don't really have that ability to score, like, a, an incredibly, like, just kind of, like, an ugly goal. Like, I mean, all their goals are really awesome and, you know, pit, precision passing, shooting right in the corner of the net. But they, the, I feel like, I don't know, every time, I, even, like, the Dallas game, I think, is a perfect example of, like, there was multiple goals where they were just in front of the net, they threw it in front of the dude put it in or like the two-on-one like Cousins makes a great job breaking it in but for some reason like the ball the, the ball the puck goes between Comrie's legs and it goes in like you don't really see that that often with the Sabres I mean another example actually would be like the Patrick King goal scored the other day like he just kind of throws it and it goes off oh and power skating and like I'm not saying the Sabres haven't got unlucky but like I just don't feel like they have that capability of playing that grind out game and I think that's that's definitely something where the, the Sabres need to, you know, Kevin Adams and Don Ground need to figure out how to adapt the system and add players that could play that kind of game because if they don't, it's going to continue to happen. I remember yeah. my point. Just I'm just going to finish it really quick. This is like this time of year is kind of like a glimpse of playoff hockey. So the pace is going to increase, the physicality is going to increase, and it's showing that the Sabres are, cannot compete against that right now. Like they don't have the goaltending, they don't have the defense. And, I mean, outside the top line, like, they don't have depth scoring either. So, like, you know, they, they're, we're being exposed to the holes that we have in our roster that will make us a playoff team. Yeah, like, they aren't going to make the playoffs for really three reasons. One, they have holes on the roster that are going to get exposed, as Mike said, the warts on your roster. Two is the injuries have caught up to them. Like, mm-hmm. losing Alex Tuck with – Losing Alex Tuck, Darlene, your best defenseman, your probably your best player to be honest, is banged up. Now he's day to day. Samuelson, who's been pretty mediocre the whole season, but has been battling injuries, he's now week to week. So I mean, that to me just shows that like they're both battling injuries, and now that they're 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 not tanking is the wrong word, but now that they know that they're pretty much out of the race, they aren't going to risk long term injury. So I think that's smart. Uncommon also week to week, but. Again, like I think that's it's that's frustrating. And the third reason is just, and this isn't really on the. I don't really blame people are blaming Kevin Adams for this. I don't yet, but like other teams around them just made big moves. Like the Islanders calling yeah. got Bo Horvat. Like the Sabers were never going to do that. But like the, the Islanders added a second line center where the Sabers went out and got like a bottom six forward. Like there's a different there's a difference between that. There's different levels of that. So I think that those are the big three reasons why the Sabres are going to miss the playoffs. I mean, all of them are frustrating in some ways. I mean, injuries you can't really control too much. Trades, it's like you kind of are waiting for the offseason to make the big move anyways. I mean, the first one I think could be controllable, but what are you going to do? Yeah, I, I, like you guys said, I think the flaws are just ever, ever so apparent now. And it's just – it's tough because then again, we've said this multiple times – you know, the playoffs were a plus on this season, technically. It was an add-on to what the expectations already were. And 
while I don't want to use that as an excuse to be okay with what's gone on, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and cry over it because this is an improvement upon last season in its own right. You know, like, like where they are, what the team looks like. I think next year is really going to be the year where Donnie meatballs and GMKA really have to get things cooking and, and uh, get, get the team into the playoffs and play a little bit of playoff hockey this season. That was definitely an add on and I'm not okay with missing it. Like I would rather be there, trust me, but the way they've put things together this season, figured out where people should be and, you know, you know, added some, added some pieces. I think the offseason we're going to see a lot of defensive things being added, which I'm hopeful for because that's a huge necessity uh, goaltending as well. But I'm, I'm okay with it right now. Not happy about it necessarily, but I'm, cont- I'm okay. And it's just, I think next year is really the year where things really have to, you know, like I said, they got to cook and make it, make it and play some playoff hockey, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The the Sabres and Bills, they're kind of similar in the aspect where they have, like, flashy stars. So, like, Tate Thompson, like, Josh Allen, like, Diggs, Tuck, whatever. You can make those comparisons. But then they also have just, like, they're really, like, okay with having, like, the Bills have a mediocre offensive line. They didn't do anything to address that to get better. The Mm -hmm. Sabres have really mediocre defense, and they did not address that to make it better. Like, they're just – like very similar in that aspect if you really think about it. And it's like, you know, we can sit here all day and be an armchair general manager and be like, oh, we need to make this move and this move. Like, why aren't we doing it? Like, I know we had an offer in for Chikrin and Arizona just didn't accept it. So like, there's nothing you do about that if they just don't accept your trade. But like, why? I guess we don't know if they pursued other defensemen and just couldn't get deals worked. But like, if Kevin Adams really thought like acquiring Riley Stillman was going to make a difference, like what are you thinking? You know, like why wouldn't you acquire someone who's top four D man when, you know, your legit top defenseman, Darlene, you have power who's a rookie and 20 years old Samuelson. I don't think he's been healthy probably all year. He's probably been playing through things and he's just catching up to him. And then like Yogi Haru's a bottom pair. Labushkin, he's had moments where he's looked good, but like overall bottom pair. Bryson shouldn't even be on the team. Kel Clegg is like a minor leaguer who's like a seventh defenseman. Like they just, I don't know. You bring in, I like Jordan Greenway. Like I think he's a good player. I think that's a good acquisition. But like at the same time, you definitely needed to address defense, even goaltending. You know, like that's just kind of patchwork right now. And like I understand they want to sign Levi. And they want him to be the future, but like realistically, he should be in Rochester this year, all of next year, and then start 24, 25 probably in Rochester and then get a call up. So, yeah, like, it's going to be years. It's like, are they just really, really just hoping they can just squeak, squeak in like the Bills in 2017? Like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know why you get so complacent with like having mediocre. Thing. Like you're really relying on your superstars to carry. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the frustrating thing is that they've been so bad for so long, and they're media. They moved from being bad to being mediocre, and they didn't make the necessary like steps to potentially go from mediocre to good. Yeah, um, and I think that's the frustrating thing. I, I, I mean, we're just gonna we're see we're gonna see in the off season if they don't make a significant move in the off season. I think then would be the time to panic because. At this moment, it, it is fair to wonder, at least from my perspective, of like, 
Kevin Adams is an elite internal general manager in my mind. Like he's elite draft. He's very good drafter, very good player development, very good at working out contract extensions with his players. Right. Um, like that's very good internal work. Externally, like you have to wonder, like, is he any, is he really that good? Like, yes. Okay. He made the trades of Eichel, Risto, and Reinhardt, but like all three of those trades, at least at the time they were trading the most, like the, the best asset in the trade. And so, like now, it's one. It's time. It's you know, what is his best trade that he's made, where the best asset is coming back to Buffalo? Like, mm-hmm. and that's fair to wonder. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is. Like, I mean, really, really hasn't been. Like, what's his best free agent signing? Like Craig Anderson. Like, I mean, it, it's fair to wonder. Like, obviously, not like he's like really pursued those kind of trades or those kind of really pursued free agency. You know, other than you know the Taylor Hall thing that went up in flames, but it's fair to wonder like what are we sure he could be able to pull those kind of things off? It's fair to question that I think at this point. But again, the questions will arise more heavily if they if they stay on their hands in, in the offseason. But talking about the offseason, I want who should stay and who should go. Mike, you could start. Who who are your who are like your list of dudes that should just leave? But if you if you were the GM, who would not be returning that is currently on the roster? Definitely Olafson. Gotta go. Bryson gotta go. Um well I would I would bring back like a posto on like a one year cheap deal. Cause he's like the captain, he's a good leader. Like I'd do that. Um, obviously your top six, everyone's staying there. So like Skinner, Thompson, Tuck, kids line, cousin, Patrick Quinn, Greenway staying middle, middle stat, you know, that's a good one. Cause you know, I wanted, I didn't want him in the roster this year. I, you know what? I'll be bold. I think you should get rid of middle stat. I think you should trade him while his value is high. So then you don't have to pay him like five, $6 million to be a third line center. I would trade middle stat. I already said Olsen. Gergensen's is up, right? Mm-hmm. I'd probably let him walk. I mean, if he wants to come back cheap, maybe, but like I feel like you could like someone can take his spot. And yeah, absolutely. let walk. Um sad day. Crabs no on the content. But like obviously Donnie Samuels and Power all staying. Yoki Haru. I would look to get move him. I feel like he has some value because he's young, but like I don't know. Maybe I don't know. You have Ryan Johnson coming up too, but like, yeah, that's kind of all over the place. But yeah, yeah, I would agree with most of it. I would say I would flip Gergensen and Oposo, um, just because Gergensen is younger. Uh, I'd rather, and he's I don't know. He doesn't. He's, they're both the same player where they both are very good defensively, but they provide little to no offense. Mm-hmm. But. Gergensen's being younger, and I don't think this—I don't think the Sabers can afford to lose both of them just because they don't have a lot of defensive forwards. To me, though, they can't keep both of them though because there's such a hole offensively where you need to find better two-way guys. And for my money, the addition of Greenway is basically he's like Kyle Oposo a little bit, obviously younger version, more physical version, but he's good defensively. Doesn't provide, hasn't provided a lot, provided a lot of offense this season, but we've already seen a little bit of it with the Sabres where I feel like he can provide a little bit more. So I think he's like your opposer replacement. And then offer Kyle a front office job, you still get the leader in the organization. Like you don't <laughs> lose his most 
his best quality, I guess. That would be like the easiest fix. Olsen's gone. Yeah, Olsen, Bryson. Comrie is like, like they need to add a goalie, so I would assume he'd be gone. Um, mm. I think of Metalstad right. and Yoki Haru. Yost, I, I, I don't know if you talked about him, but I, I think he should stay. Oh, out. I'm keeping him. Oh, yeah. easily keeping him. Forgot. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. Middlestad and Yoki Haru are like, I'm strictly on the fence. Because for my money, the Sabres should sign like a Damon Severson, who's a top four defenseman, have a spot open for Ryan Johnson, and have run those six with Sam, well, obviously with Labushkin and then the three big guys, and then have like Riley still in your seventh, and then have Cal Clegg in the AHL and whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you want to keep Yoki Haru to be around, sure. But I say Melstad and Yoki Haru 50 50 because I think they both have one year left on their contracts and then their RFAs. So I, I, I assume Kevin Adams knows what number they would probably want as an R- extension. And if that is too rich um, for either of them, like I would look to the market and trade them because they have some value probably. But Millstats played well enough for like – He actually has, and that's kind of surprising. I'm going to be honest with you. I've never thought I would hear myself saying this. He's played well enough to have earned a spot on this on this Sabres Roster, I mean, they, there was a sample size. There was an 11-game sample size a couple weeks ago before the real downward spiral began, and um, he had a point per game. He had 11 points in 11 games, and I mean, you can't really, you can't really get mad at that. You can't, you can't be like, oh, middle stats washed and whatnot. Is he what we drafted him to be? Absolutely not. But is he producing points? Sure, sure, he is. So, I, I think he has earned a rightful spot. Um, next season that could change after the first game. You might not hear me saying that, but you know, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think we'll have to just kind of wait and see on that one. But I think, I think we have a lot to work with, right? Like they're on the team already in these, these free agent pickups in the off season and whatnot. Like we're going to have to, like you guys said, just kind of get it cooking, get some people down on defense and, go from there. I don't want to see Cal Clegg playing up again. I really don't. I don't, I don't think, I, I think he deserves the AHL more than anyone. So not more yeah. than anyone. Uh, yeah. I, I think Comrie, Comrie and Levi would be a good AHL goalie tandem. Add some stuff to the defense, add some more two-way forwards to the, the forward group. Profit. But yeah. yeah. I mean, when you have uh, a 41 have all that cap being the best. Yeah, all, all that cap space and you have all those assets. I mean, one of those forwards could be Coolidge, too. He's been lighting up the AHL recently. Yeah. And Savoy's been playing very well. Unfortunately, though, it's either juniors or the Sabres for him. So I wouldn't be surprised if Savoy, like, next year plays the first, like, nine-ish games of the year. And if he plays well, they're going to keep burning the ELC. And if they don't, he's going to return back to juniors. But Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the only yeah. way the Bills and Sabres are not alike, like we were talking about, is one has cap, the other one does not. So. That's true. <laughs> just, one random yeah. thought. Oh, also, we are not doing any predictions. Well, we'll do game predictions, but we won't do, we're keeping our scoring predictions the same because there's really yeah. And I feel like that's kind Jordan of – Jordan Greenway, two points in that game. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. But <laughs> um, before we go into that, I did have to say one thing. You know, after seeing Patrick Kane play, yes, he scored. That dude is so cooked. That dude hmm. is another player in the PHP past his prime. Holy the cow. PHP category returns. Dude, dude, he yeah, is dude. he's so cooked. He's so bad. I'm sorry, he's terrible. It's a complete name brand. And somehow, but somehow though, he ends the game with a goal. Like it's maybe just, that's how they only gave up a second and fourth or whatever they did. I just I just think that shows <laughs> like if someone just read the box score and saw that Patrick Kane scored, he'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, he played pretty well. Dude was like the worst player in the entire game. Like, yeah, hardcore. Again, like I mean, if they signed Patrick Kane, 
I just want this to be said on the pod. The Sabres are not serious about winning if they sign. No, Patrick no, I agree. With you. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> not serious about winning if they sign Patrick Kane. It is a <laughs> money grab, a complete money grab. To, you know, the to make sure that the electricity in the yacht is up and running. A complete money grab. Nay, no, you're completely right with that. Yeah, no, no argument there. All right, the games they have. So, um, I don't. I think we're filming the filming pod. Well, what today they're filming the pod next Wednesday, I believe. Mm-hmm. Get back to the normal schedule. So yeah. they play today against Toronto. They're in Washington on Wednesday. They're at the Flyers on Friday. Home against the Bruins on Sunday. Wow, and Predators on home on Tuesday. So that's one, two, three, four. That's five games. So man, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a nice little seven game sample for the point and goal streak. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> um, records three and two. I'm gonna go two, two and one. Four and one. Oh man. I think I think I think they bounce back a little bit, but the Who first did they lose game, to? I think they lose the first game. They keep the slump going. They're, they're gonna beat Boston. I think they beat Boston. I think they just surprise everyone. And because they're not in contention, they're that team that just wins for no reason. From my perspective, like, it's they're gonna get I think if Bellin's not playing tonight, they're gonna lose to the Leafs. They're definitely losing the Bruins regardless. And then I think they go 2-0 and one the last three games. Okay. Who are they yeah. losing overtime to? The tough said question. Overtime. Shootout, whatever. I, said, I, I think they're gonna lose in the shootout to Washington. Rasmus Sandin with the winner. Have we gone to a shootout? How many shots have we gone to this year? A couple. They went to one against Minnesota and lost. Um yeah. they went to, I know they went to another one where Jack one of them scored the over, the overtime, the shootout winner. I can't remember that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Well, I just know that, that Lukanen pulled the Robin Lutner in the. Robin Lutner. Oh my God! You'd go to a shootout. You knew it was over. He did not. I don't think he made a single save in a shootout history with the Sabers. No. Like, if it was a save, it's because they missed the net or something. Like, he was so bad in a shootout. Mm-hmm. Like, bro. Like, you gotta wonder out. though. Like, you know how like sometimes in soccer they like sub out the goalie before penalty kicks to have like the 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 better penalty kick goalie or whatever. Like you gotta wonder like why don't NHL teams do that more? I guess because it's an overtime and they probably don't want to like yeah. put the goalie that's not fresh into overtime at the end and blow the Dude, game. But Ryan Miller was so good in the shootout. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You can never I mean hopefully Levi gives us a shootout. We talk time. about like you're the, talk you're about, the, like, you're the shootout goalie. We talk about like how with the Bills, like we want we wanted like Bruce Smith back. Like Sabres, I definitely want like either Miller or Hoshik on this team right now. Like Well oh, no, when you yeah. add a Hall of Fame goaltender, I think it's gonna improve. So Yeah. I think uh, so. Does that put a button on the Sabres topic for this episode? It yes, does. Sir. It does, ladies and gentlemen. Now we're gonna move into the would you rather? I've got it today. So, fellas, you know, we're talking about a lot of cap space, a lot of money moves, right? So, put yourself in the mind of an NFL player or an NHL player for that matter, right? Any any professional sports player that has money involved, hopefully you're, you know, if you're if you're well off. But would you rather your contract's up, right? You're going to be a free agent. And it's like end of season before the free agent market opens up. All right, setting the scene here. Would you rather hold out 
for a new contract because you think you're worth the money with another team or lower take a lower contract to help your team win like win it all in the next couple seasons like are you I'm a taking team guy or you're taking the bag on another team no i'm taking i'm taking the contract because i don't want to be like levy on bell and then just down the line not get what i want and then get even less money and be on a worse yeah. team so i'm taking the contract all day defined yeah. out like you're you're waiting until like, like the a, last am I like Tremaine? Am I just like waiting for you're like Tremaine, but they offered you a contract to stay on the team, but it's lower than what you think oh. you're worth. You know what I mean? Are you sending I'm out an entire the, year? I'm passing so, like, the, into the season, like into the like training camp, like pre like la- okay. So, like Le'Veon Bell, he sat out an entire year. Am I doing that if I don't get the contract I want? I guess, yeah, we'll we'll say that. Yeah, no, oh, I'm definitely I'm taking a contract with my team. Easy, I'm, I, but I'm thinking like from the perspective of like. I'm like a standard free agent now. I would test the market. Like, like I could pull Matt Milano. Like Matt Milano tested the market, and I was like, probably took a cheaper deal to come back to Buffalo. Yeah, but like, I'm sorry, but if like if like they're paying me ten, trying to pay me ten million bucks, and like I test the market, and someone's willing to pay me twenty, like I'm sorry, man. Like, because it. sorry, like no, no, absolutely. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, would you? Yeah, yeah, no. I, I personally, I would. I would just if if I have to hold out that long, I'm taking the contract. With well, if I would hold out, no. But if I could just test the market real quick and see what my actual value is. And what if they did what they did to Lamar to you though? Like, what was your what? What are your thoughts then when they franchise tag you but allow you to speak with other teams? I would literally email every general <laughs> manager my highlight reel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and just see what one picks you. Yeah, dang. Yeah, no, I would definitely. If if you have to hold out for a year, like Le'Veon Bell, I would, I'd take the contract as well. But yeah, that was my it was my which rather for the day. Went a little into the financials a tiny bit, but wow, you know, just switching it up. But Mike, without further ado, it's all on you. All right, trivia time. Let's let's not lag out. Okay, we've been. I think we've been good today. I don't know if I've I lagged out. out. I don't know if you guys I can't saw tell that. when I lag out. The only time I know when I lag out is when. You guys freeze and then your screens go black and I'm like, oh, I'm lagging. Yeah. So no, I it's had a that moment. Problem. I had that moment yeah. during the Sabres talk today yeah. where I just was quiet because my internet became unstable. That's an instance where it really isn't you, it's me. But um Bill's question. So, you know, the Bills, they have this thing called the Wall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So who are the who are the two coaches that are on the Wall of Fame? Marv Levy. Marv Levy. Yep. Lou Saban. Yeah. Probably not very difficult, but yep, Mar Levy and Lou Saban are the two coaches on the Wall of Fame. So we'll go to the Sabres now. So which we're going to kind of talk about the playoffs, even though it might not be a realistic dream right now. But which Sabres player has the most career playoff games? Like player in history? Or the Sabres and Sabres history? Um, hmm. Hashik. Yeah, I would have to say that's really the only one Ooh. I can think of. Okay. We're wrong. Let me. No, I got. I didn't look at the goaltenders, actually. Uh, <laughs> oh, did you just do skaters? If you just did skaters, I'll say Perot. It is. Okay. The answer is Perot, but here, I'll look up for goaltenders just to see. Um. But yeah, no, it is okay. Perot. Shoot the bandits question here. Okay. So 
Last question, Bandits. Who was the last Bandits player to win MVP? Vince? I think it's Dane Smith, isn't it? Didn't he just win last year? Dane Smith is the defending MVP of the league. He won it in 2022. Josh Byrne might win it this year. That dude's on fire coming back from injury, too. It's like this he had one, a two, three, four. Game. Gary Gate won it five years in a row. Wow, what do you got? Look at that oh, NLL yeah. stuff that I unfortunately have no idea about other than the bandits. But that's going <laughs> to do it for this edition of the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and I was joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino. And Dom, how do you always end these, buddy? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills. Go Sabers. <laughs>